sometimes when I'm doing these races, I think, why am I doing this? I could camp out, make coffees, sleep under the stars, just chill and enjoy this because I love bikepacking too. But there's something really addictive about them. And I I can't stop yeah. entering them now. Like the number of times I've thought, oh, I won't do another one. I'll just focus more on the adventure side of things. And I was thinking of um, planning a trip to the Annapurna circuit this year. And I was just going to go bikepacking around there and do more stuff like that, like slow exploration. But then I finish one ultra and I'm like standing on the finish line, I enter another one. It's really addictive. (laughs) Hi, this is Dawn, a very unlikely ultra cyclist, and you're listening to the Just Bikes podcast from The Metal Set. Stay tuned as I'll be chatting with friends and fellow cyclists about all things bikes. That's ultra, adventure, gravel, mountain biking, and all sorts of type 2 fun. Hello, everyone. Happy New Year. Firstly, I just wanted to say thank you to everyone who tuned into episode one of the Just Bikes podcast, where I spoke to Dr. Sarah Ruggins about her very impressive road to the transcontinental. The response has been amazing, which is so, so, so exciting. We went right to the top of the podcast charts in the UK, Ireland, UAE, and Jordan. So a very big thank you to you all for joining us and listening. I also wanted to thank everyone who took the time to leave us a review and I'll read one out right now. This one goes awesome podcast for the community. Can't wait for more great content. Well, wait no more. This is episode two and more is to follow, which I'll tell you about in a moment. I was going to read the nickname, which this review is attributed to, but it is a little blue, shall I say. So thank you to Mr. 1985 for your lovely review. On that note, reviews, five-star only, are totally welcome. They really do help in getting the word out about the podcast. And I actually have a little gift for you all in our show notes, an adventure calendar that I created that you too can print out. All I ask in return is a review and a few kind words wherever you're listening to this podcast. I had hoped to do a special bonus episode to share a little bit more about myself and my own year in bikes, but that will have to wait until I have a little more time. 2023 was an amazing year for me on so many fronts, including a few adventures. As some of you may know, this is actually my second podcast, the first one being the metal set. And the metal set focuses more broadly on a lot of different sports and athlete stories from the Middle East. But I have shared some of my bike adventures on that podcast, as well as the adventures of other women on two wheels. In this episode's show notes, and every episode, I'll aim to share some of these past stories from the metal set that may give you a little insight into me and some of the other amazing athletes that we featured. I promise we'll get into this episode shortly, but before we do, I also want to just say that there are some really exciting things coming up for the Just Bikes podcast, including reporting live on the ground from the race around Rwanda, which kicks off on the 4th of February. So please hit follow wherever you're listening to this podcast so you don't miss any of the action. In the same vein as that news, 
I do want to say I really love sharing stories and creating this podcast. And the goal moving forward is to continue to share tales on two wheels that you maybe won't hear elsewhere. We'll also look to have guests that share practical advice and knowledge as well. Of course, I'd love to hear more about what you'd like to hear. So please check out the show notes again for my contact details and feel free to slide into my DMs. Okay, I'll stop now and turn to today's guest, a friend of mine, Juliet Elliott, who is the queen of storytelling on two wheels. Between her YouTube channel and Instagram account, Juliet has a combined audience of 225,000 followers. She's gained such a following through sharing adventures and advice that is fun, accessible, and all with a dose of good humor. Juliet and I love a chat, so I've actually divided this episode into two parts, both of which can be listened to as standalone episodes. In this part one, we go into Juliet's year in review. We chat through setbacks, gravel cycling, ultra cycling solo and in a pair, and what's so special about bikepacking and ultra cycling. We also chat through many of her adventures in 2023, including Race Around Rwanda, where we met, across Andes, Istraland, and the Rift, to name a few. The aim here is to give you some ideas about what adventures you may want to take on next year. Part two is also live now. And in this episode, we go into what it's like to be a cycling content creator, how Juliet got her start in cycling and content creation, and really what it's like to share your story, including some of your more vulnerable moments with a large audience. Consider this part one, Juliet's year in review. And don't forget to check out part two live now. And again, don't miss those show notes. So without further ado, here's my chat with Juliet Elliott. I hope you enjoy. Hello, Juliet. How are you? Welcome to the podcast. Super excited to have you. Hey, Dawn. Nice to be here. And so nice to see your face as well. It's been a completely crazy Christmas. Oh, I just, yeah, I feel so overwhelmed. I'm happy to talk about cycling for an hour and just focus on that. (laughs) Oh, good. Well, I want to hear all about the holidays and stuff. But first of all, how was, yeah, how was the holiday season? You did get out on the bike, I saw. Oh, well, no, I got out on the bike before Christmas, but then I got really sick and it was so annoying. I kept thinking, oh, I'm sure this won't last until, you know, New Year's Eve. Oh, I'm sure it won't last till Christmas Day. Oh, I'm sure it won't last till New Year's. And I just never quite shook it. So I didn't do a lot of cycling. And that meant that I felt like I was going insane because we had so many people visiting. It's really overwhelming. And like the cycling for me, that's like my escape. That's me time. And it's time to kind of just calm my central nervous system down, you know? And I wasn't Mm -hmm. getting any of that. I was just at home with lots of people visiting, lots going on. My partner and I share a lot of children and then, you know, relatives <laughs> over. So with no cycling as my kind of escape, it was it was full on. I'm ready for them to go back to school. <laughs> when are they back in school? Soon, no? Tomorrow, yeah. Oh, good. Well, that's good. <laughs> See you, kids. Yep. <laughs> I want to take it back to when we first met. So I remember what was it, February, so almost a year ago, I had just landed in Kigali and I was sitting in like the restaurant of the hotel that we were staying in ahead of Race Around Rwanda. And my friend Catherine dropped into my DMs and she was like, Juliet Elliot's there. <laughs> I love her. 
Oh, and I'll have to be honest, I didn't know, like, I don't follow tons of people on social media. And I was like, oh, well, who is this? You know, and I looked you up and then I was like, oh, she's right there. So I went over and said hello. Yeah, that was it. I can't believe that's almost a year ago now, Race from Rwanda. I know. I mean, I can't believe we did all that stuff in 2023, though. I was looking through my iPhone photos and I saw Rwanda and I was like, was that less than a year ago that I met you? Kind of feels like longer, actually. Yeah. We packed a lot into that It year. does. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you've packed a lot, a lot. And last time I saw you was in France. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's been really funny. Like, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah it's I been really I almost fun. forgot about that too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you just got back also, like, before the holiday season, you did across Andes, right? Yeah, right. So, um... In November, I was out in Patagonia and across Andes was actually meant to be my first proper ultra cycling race. That's the one that I originally entered with Juliana, who is our mutual friend. And the only reason I was in Rwanda last year where we met is because I actually got COVID in 2022. And so I couldn't go to across Andes. So I was Ah. lying in my sick bed, so annoyed. (laughs) I bought flights, I trained, I'd got all the gear, I was ready for a cross Andes. And I thought, what is the next race I can enter? What is the next one? So I don't waste all this preparation and stuff. And the next one was race around Rwanda. So whilst I was pretty right. ill with COVID, I, I quickly entered that one. And that's how I ended up there and how we met. But this yeah. year, oh, sorry, but 2023, I actually did manage to get to um, to Chile to do across Andes finally. And yeah, it was absolutely amazing. It looked cold. <laughs> oh, yes. Well, see, they changed where uh, they changed the location for this year. So right. when I wasn't able to go because I had COVID, my um, race partner, Juliana, did go to Across Andes in 2022. She so, did. That's right. Um, yeah, so she got back and she was like, oh my God, when we do it next year together, I'm going to have such an advantage. I'm going to know all the resupply points. I'm going to know how it all works. And I'm thinking, yay, this is going to be awesome. But um, yeah, they moved the location in 2023 to Patagonia, which is a lot further south than the original location. So I was worried it was going to be cold. um, And it was. Mm hmm. So for those listening that don't know, across Andes is 1000 kilometers. And I think it's 13 to 15,000 meters of climbing, right? Yeah. And it's every December or December. No, it's November, right? Not December. It's November. Yeah. Yeah. It looked like I was watching your videos on YouTube. And I was like, it looks beautiful. Like I was like, this looks like the Rolls Royce of gravel (laughs) that you're on. And I was also struck, it didn't seem like there were any dogs. Is that right? Oh, yeah. Well, there were dogs, but they were super nice. They were really nice dogs. Everyone always talks about the aggro dogs on ultras. And in Chile, a lot of people have dogs and they they live outside, um, but they are owned. Mm. And so they aren't ferocious. So when you went past a dog, I would just want to stop and pet it. I met the most amazing dogs over there. It was great. (laughs) So beyond the cold, I was literally watching your videos and I'll link to those in the show notes so people can have a look because I love I love how you storytell all of these races. Thank you. (laughs) And it was amazing. Yeah. And it's amazing to me, like watching you on the race because we were kind of back and forth on race around Rwanda, you were doing it very discreetly. Like I was didn't even see that you were kind of capturing all this content and then putting it together in the stories. But in the stories for Across Andes, I could literally feel how cold you were. In my house. 
<laughs> because I'm acutely, I'm the worst Canadian on the planet. I feel cold so acutely, like deep down into my bones. And I was just like, this looks beautiful, but I don't know that I'd ever do it. Yeah, I mean, I mean <laughs> it looked the, horrible. The cold was horrible. And um, I also really struggle with it because I've got Raynaud's, which is a circulatory mm. problem where you know, you sort of lose the blood flow to your fingers and toes. So I did suffer with that. Um, I actually got a message from, I don't know if you remember Kaz, who raced around Rwanda as well. I had a message from her okay. saying, I can't believe you entered an ultra in winter. You are hardcore. And I was like, winter. winter, it's the Southern Hemisphere. It was just freakily bad weather. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't intentionally go and enter an ultra where I knew there'd be a lot of snow or rain or cold conditions cold. because I know that that doesn't suit me. So it was it was a big, big challenge to me. And I think I did cope with it better than I thought I would. So that's nice. But yeah, it got to me in the end. And unfortunately, I scratched from the race and got a buzz back to the start. I regret it so much now. But when, you make, when you're in an ultra, I mean, you know. It's hard yeah. to think clearly and make good decisions. That's part of the battle, isn't it? It is to figure out, like, <laughs> you'll, you'll run things through in your head over and over and over again. And you're like, and then question it and be like, would I make this decision if everything was perfect? Or would, you know, like, gen yeah. but you're not making decisions in perfect conditions. You have to make decisions on the fly. But it's really hard. Yeah. Like, I battled after Race of Rwanda, I battled a lot with myself, like, about, Taxi. making that decision to stop <laughs> yeah yeah well no I mean look I was happy to get the taxi <laughs> <laughs> well my version of that in in Chile was the bus <laughs> <laughs> no I think I felt like I said to Neil catching up like my coach Neil catching up and putting it out on the podcast after like it was very difficult to release it because I've kept I felt really sore after but I yeah. think that's it. It's hard. I think anyone who does these races knows what a difficult decision it is. You don't take it lightly to stop, right? No, like it's exactly. something that you really, you really battle through yourself because you've put in a lot of money, a lot of effort, a lot of time that could have been spent on anything else with family or working or whatever to put into this. So you don't go into it going like, yeah, I'm just going to stop. <laughs> no, exactly. I mean, it's got to be pretty extreme for you to throw in the towel. I mean, for me, one of the big things that influenced my decision was I don't want to be rescued. I don't want to put that on the organizers. Yeah. This is self-supported racing. I mean, I wouldn't say if there's any doubt you can't make it, don't try, because of course you do have to push yourself. But I thought mm. it was getting to the point where I could get myself into some trouble with hypothermia, et cetera. And I didn't want to put that on the organizers. And you know what? Other people did get rescued on Across Andes. So I was quite yeah. glad that I might not have finished, but I wasn't one of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Come get me. <laughs> no, but I, and I think that's, yeah, I think that's totally wise you know to know when is when is enough yeah but yeah. i was watching you like that time calculation there was a time calculation error yeah not an error, but like somebody giving you information and then it turns uh -huh. out that maybe that information wasn't 100 percent correct through no fault of yeah, their own totally. either because they thought it was yeah yeah but, i mean there's always oh, well. a lot of yeah there's a lot of chat between the races when you bump into them on on some of these events and i think that experience taught me to take any advice with a pinch of salt and 
just stick to your guns mm. a little bit more. Uh, people are trying to help. People are trying to be helpful. I'd say I've met some of the nicest people on ultras, but at the end of the day, they don't know you. They don't know what you're capable of or not capable of. So you really, I, I would say, listen to people's opinions, but don't make your decisions based on those. They're just opinions. They're not facts. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And they're, they're facts. <laughs> well, like their opinions doled out when people are in really vulnerable yeah, yeah, yeah. Condi- like mindsets, maybe not making the best decisions for themselves either. Today's episode is brought to you by the Spinney's Dubai 92 Cycle Challenge. Would you know that this was actually my first ever bike race? The next edition of the challenge comprises three events, all starting and ending at Expo City Dubai this coming February. This is a challenge for everyone. The junior rides and the 35 kilometer total energies outride are both set for Saturday, the 24th of February, while the 92 kilometer UCI Grand Fondo World Championship qualifier takes place on Sunday, the 25th. For more info and to sign up, visit cyclechallenge.ae easily linked in our show notes. I'll see you there. How did the race compare to race around Rwanda? Oh God. Well, they were so different. So for me personally, obviously it was different because it was the first time I'd really raced solo uh, for something mm. of that length. I did a short one called Istraland that took in Croatia, Italy and Slovenia. I did that solo, but that was 400k over a couple of days. Actually, not even a couple of days. Mm-hmm. How quickly did I do that? Well, I started on Friday. I finished on Saturday. So it's the first time I've done a big challenge like that on my own. And then there's the additional thing of the weather. So it was so mm. very, very, very different for those those reasons but obviously there's elements of the same thing you know all you have to do once you're underway is focus on your very basic needs cycling eating hydration and resting and so it was similar in that kind of way but uh rwanda was absolutely roasting wasn't it well to you it probably wasn't that hot because you live in the middle east but to me rwanda no, was so <laughs> <laughs> yes no i was someone's Someone said that to me the other day. They're like, oh, well, it's super hot in Rowan. And I said, no, 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 no. Yes, it is. I was like, I was like, no, it's so, I was like, it's so temperate. I was like, uh uh-uh. I said it was humid, but it wasn't hot. Oh, well, I thought it was hot. And of course, Andy's, of course, was cold. But then the other difference um, Mm. was in Chile, I could cycle for hours and hours and hours without seeing anyone and despite how much I liked the people in Rwanda there were a lot of them you know so yeah I quite enjoyed the solitude yeah exactly it's a very densely populated country in Chile I I really liked the isolation I like being on my own in the middle of nowhere I mean that's my kind of thing so I enjoyed the solitude Mm. that was great and the vast open landscapes the other difference was in the resupply so in Rwanda do you remember those little shops where you could get the biscuits that we ate the entire time there are little shops everywhere there are villages everywhere you could eat as many biscuits as you want in rwanda and also Mm. you know you could always stop and buy water in um in chile the resupply was very scarce you know you really had to make sure you had planned things properly which can be a challenge because you never quite know how long a gravel segment is going to take yeah like people took water filters and stuff like that because there is a, an abundance of water, but there aren't shops, say. So you'd ride for right. hours and hours and hours without seeing anything at all, which is nice. You just have to be prepared for it. Mm, yeah. I mean, you mentioned, so you rode Race Around Rwanda with uh, Juliana, who's a mutual yeah. friend of ours. And you did this one solo. 
what do you prefer like pair or or solo or do you think it depends on the race um both because they're so vastly different experiences totally and utterly mm. different like i would do a race with juliana again in, a, in an instant it is just so fun and funny because when you are the yeah. right partner <laughs> then you find all these situations hilarious like the stupid yeah, scrapes yeah. you get yourself into and the places you end up staying you can't help but laugh about it so that shared experience just makes the whole thing even more fun the solo aspect the solo one i suppose I enjoy just having to take care of myself and have some peace and quiet and solitude because at home things can be quite hectic. So um, both really, I suppose they're totally different. I, I don't know what I would mm. do given the choice in the future. I suppose it would really depend on my frame of mind at the time. Do I want to escape everything yeah. and just have some peace and quiet, listen to some audiobooks, ride my bike? Or do I want to have a real giggle with my friend and, you know, get up to all sorts of nonsense? I mean, they're both good. Put it that way. Yeah. I mean, it was really nice. Like, technically, I was doing Race Around Rwanda solo, but <laughs> I spend a lot of time with Julie, who is a friend of yeah. mine who have done a couple of races. And that was quite nice. And then in other moments, yeah, some of the earlier races I've done, though, I just love doing it by myself. But yeah, yeah, maybe it depends on the partner, I suppose, if I could do it with somebody or not. Sometimes I yeah. just like... I mean, yeah, it has to be the people right I just person. wouldn't be able to hear speak. <laughs> I'm just like, I can't listen to you. I don't want to hear you speak. I don't want to hear your voice. Yeah, well, you know what? Yeah, when, Juli when Juliana and I raced together, there were times where we would just ride off and ride separately and we would put on audiobooks mm. and stuff like that. I mean, you're together a lot of the time. So even as a pair, yeah, yeah. you're not just sort of constantly chattering. And then even as a solo rider, you're not constantly alone because you do bump into the same people along the way. People fall into a rhythm and you'll bump into them at coffee shops and stuff. And that is the nicest. Yeah, it is. I remember, yeah, we caught up. When was it? Down at that seaside. Oh, I mean, yeah. I look at some of the moments. Like, if we, if we weren't filthy and like, had ridden, like, 100K that day, it would have been, like, a nice holiday oh, yeah. <laughs> moment because we were at, like, that beach bar, you know, yeah, that next was to... Nice. Yeah, it was on one of those, like, that was beautiful. Yeah, that was super nice catching up with you guys. <laughs> oh, Rwanda. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to going back. I'm hoping to go back to cover the women on the race the next oh, one. Are you doing oh, okay. the next one or no? Uh, what, the, the one like next month, that one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you're going? <laughs> oh, man. I'm signed up to that. But well, I'm going to try. It's not, yeah, not I can't 100% make it. Confirmed. Oh, well, I hope you get there. Oh, I can't boom. make it this year. I've had to defer my entry to next year. So um, I will be back. Oh, okay. But yeah, it'll be 2025. Jeez. <laughs> I know. Years just, it, time's moving faster. It's yeah. scary. But speaking of the, the last year, I mean, you put up a social media post a little while ago of all the amazing adventures you had over 2023. <laughs> like I saw you in Rwanda and then I saw you again in, in Morazine in yeah. August, but you've had a million different like adventures during that time. What were some of the standout ones for you? I'm not going to list them all because it would take too long. But well, so, what yeah, are some of the standout I, adventures that you've had? 
Um, well, I'm trying to remember them now. I should pull up that social media post. I kept having to edit it because I realised I'd forgotten things that were amazing. Oh, gosh, there were just so many good ones. So uh, a really nice one was when I went to Iceland to race the Rift. And Mm. um, Mm -hmm. my partner was unexpectedly able to come with me. So we went out there together and he brought his bike and we rode gravel for a few days. And we went to the hot springs and stuff but like the natural ones in the middle of nowhere. So Mm -hmm. we did all that and we had this amazing cabin in the middle of nowhere. And then I raced the Rift. So the race didn't go that well. I actually missed the start. I am always doing stuff like that. I was so disorganized. I missed the start. I had a mechanical. So basically I just went for a long, fast ride in Iceland. I caught up with some of the other races. But that was brilliant. That was a highlight because my partner Sam was there and oftentimes he can't come with me. And then, gosh, there's been so many good ones. Another really fun trip was when I went to Switzerland. I was invited by Swiss Tourism to go over there with some Mm -hmm. other women to ride mountain bikes and kind of help promote uh, the Valais region. And I love Switzerland. Like my parents um, used to live there. We used to go on holiday there a lot. I I just love Switzerland. So that trip was like a dream come true. And the other women I rode with are super cool. So it was Emily Chappell, who's an author, and Jenny Graham, who's the fastest woman to ride around the world, and Sophie Radcliffe, who is kind of like a motivational speaker and all-around badass. So it was really, really cool. Just so beautiful over there. I want to go back. Every time I get invited somewhere cool, I think, God damn it, now I'm going to have to come back here too. Because I always want to go back with my family. (laughs) That looked amazing that, um, yeah, that Swiss trip. Because I was like, because I'm really into downhill mountain biking. Like, and I say really into it, like I've just kind of started. But it looks like, I was just like, oh, I want to be there. Yeah, it was amazing. We we should try and do some more trips this year. Let's go mountain biking together. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. If, I mean, you'll have to wait for me because <laughs> I'm going down. But did yeah, I mean, you went to Morzine when we were there. I went after, like, I, I was road riding when you were mountain biking yeah. and then um, kind of switched up and went again. But I think that trip to Morzine, I had a – the weather turned. I think you had left at that point. And the weather turned very, very cold. Oh. And it got – it was snowing on top of Avoria's. And I, I went out and I bought a whole bunch of mountain bike gear because I was like, I'm not going out in shorts. After yeah. I was gently told at the shop that it's not appropriate to go with Lycra. <laughs> I was like, well, not so gently. I said, I said to the guy at the shop, but I said, I can wear cycling shorts, right? And he goes, mm, you might want to buy a ba- your baggy shorts. <laughs> but that morning I woke up, it was so cold. So I went out and I bought, I bought a bunch of stuff. And the next day, though, when it kind of cleared up a bit and the, the weather was crisp, it wasn't raining and the dirt was just kind of a bit wet when you're downhill mountain biking. It was, I think, the best day of my life. <laughs> I was like, yeah. this is the best day of my life. It is amazing there. <laughs> yeah, I really want I to go it. back. Yeah, I um, I kind of want to go for the whole summer. I know that's being greedy, but it, it just Me I too. love it there. Yeah. <laughs> We should organize a chalet and do that, I I think. I'm in. Bingo. (laughs) 
The Total Energies Outride is ideal for cycling enthusiasts, families, children over 13, weekend riders and everyone looking for a fun Spinners to Buy Cycle Challenge experience on traffic-free streets. Registration now open. Visit cyclechallenge.ae. Talk to me about the tracker as well. I'm super keen to do that one. Oh, was that your um, first time doing the that tracker? Race? Was that my first time? I can't remember. Um, yeah, I think that was the first time I've done the tracker. It was, I, oh God, you know what, Dawn? I had a mechanical in that one as well. What is with all these mechanicals? <laughs> um, so I was trying to really race that as fast as I could. Uh, yeah. That was my plan. Um, but I had a mechanical five kilometers in and I lost, well, I lost everyone. Like everyone just shot off. Mm. Um, and then along came Juliana at the back because she was just chilling, just out for a nice bike ride so we ended up riding that together and just just having fun it's an amazing route though like you could do it really quickly if you get in with the right group people ride Mm. it like a road race you know there's little pelotons of people zooming along so you head out from girona and then you go all the way down to the coast there's a ton of climbing but it's just hot dry fun and beautiful i think you'd like it get out there yeah so many things i've got a big calendar on my wall right now i'm putting out kind of like things to do but i'm like you can't do it all don (laughs) yeah do it all what's what's on there so far well and i'm gonna will this into existence by talking about it me going back to rwanda just to cover though not to actually race but to cover the women on the race so simon if you're listening to this (laughs) um and then what else was I talking about? I was hoping to go to France skiing at some point, um, maybe March. And then April, I've got Sani to Sea, which is a mount- three-day stage mountain bike race in uh, South Africa. Yeah, so super excited to do that because it's you lose more elevation than what you gain over these three days. And it just looks so beautiful, so stunning. And it'll be my first real mountain bike race first, or first mountain First mountain bike race, full stop, but I'll probably do a couple of local ones here before that. Yeah. So yeah, that's it so far. And then the latter half of the year is kind of open because I feel like I want to leave room for a little bit of magic and hopefully something yeah, will come up. exactly. And, it and, will. Um, yeah, which is what happened last year. Like all these kind of unexpected things just popped up like Korea, bikepacking in Korea. And then this trip to France was kind of all, I, yeah. I want it because of you. I know. <laughs> Because you put that post on your social media. I was like, I'm going to enter this competition. Someone's <laughs> got to win, Dawn. So. I always say that. Enter everything. <laughs> well, that's it. Be in it to win it, right? Exactly. I also just had a curiosity because I think this is a really good a, a really good race for people who are maybe looking to get started into ultra cycling. Istraland. Oh, yeah. What was that like? Because it's 400 <sighs> kilometers, right? How many yeah. meters of climbing was it? Uh, um, I can't remember how much climbing, an absolute ton. You know what? I'm not a climber though. So I yeah. always feel like these races have a lot of climbing, but, um, uh, that, that mm. would be a good one for someone to, who's looking to get started because it's, um, normally nice weather. There's lots of places to, I would say lots of places to resupply. You do have to be careful with water, but right. I suppose with it being in Europe, it feels a little easier to understand what's going on, a bit easier to navigate, you know, make yourself understood, find places to resupply and stuff like that. Uh, And also, well, if you're in Europe, it's a lot further to go. I hope you want to try it out and see how Mm, it goes. Yeah, Yeah, so that would be a pretty good friendly one. And I did it, I think we set off at 9am on Friday morning. I finished... Mm -hmm mid-afternoon on Saturday I did sleep 
actually. I did get some sleep. Yeah. But uh, you don't have to do it like that. Some people were basically out yeah. for several days just um, swimming in the sea and enjoying the beautiful area. So it'd be one way you could take it at your own pace for sure. And that's Italy. Where is it? Italy, Slovenia and... Italy, Slovenia, Italy, Slovenia and Croatia. Nice. I'm really super keen to go to Slovenia. That's kind of on my list. To, yeah, I'm going uh, bikepacking there this, this summer with um, Sisters in the Wild. Do you know them? I've heard. Yes, I think I've heard them. They have a is it? They have a route all the way around. Well, like they the country, do a bunch of women only gravel and bikepacking events from stuff for complete beginners to um, they've just announced some new dates that are called Sisters in the Wild Wilder. So they're going further and farther and mm. more exotic locations. But yeah, they're really cool. <laughs> so they've organized this bikepacking trip in Slovenia and I've always wanted to go there. And I thought, oh, it'd be quite nice not to have to do any of my own planning this time. Someone else is going to plan the whole thing. They're going yeah. to do the routes, tell me when and where to eat. And I just get to go cycling in Slovenia and probably meet some nice new people to ride with. So that'll be a good one. I am in retirement when it comes to ultra cycling. <laughs> and I think... Um... I don't know. I like bikepacking now. I'm in my bikepacking slash mountain bike era slash I want someone to do things for me. Yeah, <laughs> I, I know what you mean. It. Like, I know what you mean. Sometimes when I'm doing these races, I think, why am I doing this? I could camp out, make coffees, sleep under the stars, just chill and enjoy this because I love bikepacking too. But there's something really addictive about them. And I, I can't stop yeah. entering them now. Like the number of times I've thought, oh, I won't do another one. I'll just focus more on the adventure side of things. And I was thinking of um, planning a trip to the Annapurna circuit this year. And I was just going to go bikepacking around there and do more stuff like that, like slow exploration. But then I finish one ultra and I'm like standing on the finish line, I enter another one. It's really addictive. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is. It is. I mean... I was just listening to a podcast before about like the three things that kind of uh, bring you a fulfilled life. And one is like enjoyment, pleasure and uh, purpose or something. Like yeah. That. But there was like you can't focus on too much on pleasure because then you get addicted to stuff. Right. Like <laughs> pleasure is like pleasure. Just like a solo endeavor but you need to focus on enjoyment but I, then I was thinking about ultra cycling and I was like I actually do even though like I'm alone for a lot of it like it is kind of a shared experience with everyone on the race even if you're yeah. alone for a lot yeah. of it yeah it does become addictive but I don't know like I did you know I did Korea right over the summer so yeah. I cycled like 600 and I loved that I loved it like not but I, you know what's funny? I couldn't, because I started ultra cycling, ultra racing, and then doing bike packing, I couldn't get it out of my head that it's not a race. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're allowed to stop. I go further. <laughs> yeah. No, I was like, and I was like saying we, and I'm like, it's just you, Dawn. You are yeah. alone. <laughs> that was a bit of a struggle, but yeah, no, I get it. I mean, we'll see what happens. If you like this episode, why not give us a little kudos? Five stars only, wherever you're listening to this podcast. And remember, sharing is caring. Thank you for listening.